Hey, everyone. A couple quick things before we begin. First, if you like this series, please share it with your friends, post about it, etc. We spent a long time working on this, almost a year, and Otherworld is still a growing show. So if you could help spread the word, it would mean a lot to me. Secondly, I'm going to be releasing a few bonus episodes for this series on Patreon. I know a lot of people get scared after listening to this show, so I made this first Patreon episode pretty lighthearted as a kind of decompression episode. Um, It also features Wendy from the Ball of Light series, so if you want to hear that and upcoming bonus episodes, you could sign up at patreon.com slash otherworld. And finally, we have a lot of cool merch coming. I've made so much merch this month. You could check our Instagram for updates or go to otherworldpod.com. That's where it's eventually going to be up for sale. All right, everybody, thank you for that. We'll be right back with many things part two after these ads. This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean-shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say, it really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like, it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash otherworld. That's harrys.com slash otherworld for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This is the second part of a series. If you haven't heard the first, go back and start there. Last week, we met Sarah and Cameron, a young couple who found a house for a suspiciously good deal in a wealthy Orthodox Jewish area of Toronto. And as soon as they moved in, strange things started to happen. Things that Cameron could not explain, even though he's a contractor and his friends build homes themselves. Later on, a concerned neighbor invites them over to have a discussion about the house and informs them that it sat empty, completely vacant for eight years. And according to Jewish folklore, a place that sits vacant for that long is susceptible to be taken over by dibbics or malevolent spirits. Now, Cameron and Sarah are not religious themselves, but this was certainly alarming news. 
to have a neighbor reach out out of nowhere about this and to learn that this house sat empty for eight years in a hot real estate market. I mean, that alone is unheard of and strange. On top of that, something mysterious happened with the previous owner, which we still can't figure out. There were lots of police calls made to the house, some for animal cruelty. On Google Maps from around that time, you could actually see some kind of animal control vehicle outside of the house. Everything takes a turn for the worse when they decide to do a seance in the house. They make a Ouija board and they try to communicate. At first, nothing happens, but then a set of hanging light fixtures begin swinging erratically and hitting each other. Music starts playing in the basement and eventually a door slams behind Sarah's brother while he's investigating. This entire story is information heavy and has so much going on, which is why I took an entire year to work on this and talk to people about it. This episode is more of Sarah's experience, and then next week, we're going to be hearing from some others who are involved. This is episode 55. The title is Many Things Part 2, and you're listening to Other World. Is this Bobby? Yes, it is. At, at its core, the science, you can't argue with. A story about all of a sudden. up in the sky. It's almost frustrating that it's happening. I'm literally, I'm going to die. I've got, like, its okay. limbs were just, like, wrong. Everybody moves back into the light, even if it takes them a minute. I really feel, looking back on it, that the seance was an indication that we were open to communication, and it opened the communication lines, and it showed us what it could do in this big, dramatic fashion. Then the communication, it was like almost a line in the sand because the communication became very physical after that. One thing that happened... And it happened, I would say, a handful of times. And it was scary. And it was also startling because it was so loud. Was we would hear these sonic boom noises coming from the floor upstairs. I'm pretty good with sounds. And to me, it sounded like someone had picked up our bed or picked up a piece of furniture and purposely dropped it on the floor in like an angry or violent way. It was very loud. It was very startling. And of course, we would run up and check and there was nothing. Um, You would expect to see a a dresser on the floor (laughs) or your bed toppled over, but nothing. My mom was even there once when it happened. She was like, yeah, I can't explain that. It was almost as if this thing, you, you know, you could look at it and be like, oh, it was trying to get your attention. No, I don't think that's what it was. It had a lot of other ways it got our attention. This was like, you know, thunder from God. I'm not happy. I'm angry. You know, hear me roar kind of thing. I remember it. Oh my God. I remember it so clearly. We were sitting on the couch. Cameron was across from me. Um, and he was doing something on his computer. So I could see what he was doing. I could see his hands and everything. And I was watching TV. And all of a sudden, I felt my hair was like behind the couch, like pulled back to the back of the couch. And I felt something pull my hair. And I said, someone just pulled my hair. And I looked behind and there was no one there. And Cameron, I don't think he believed me. 
at first. Uh, he was like, you're imagining it. Like maybe your hair got caught on the couch or something. I'm like, no, I know the difference between my hair getting caught in a couch cushion and someone yanking my hair. And even the first time it pulled my hair, it was very aggressive. It pulled my hair hard. The hair pull was like floodgates. After that, it started touching me all the time. I would sleep with a comforter like pulled up under my chin so it couldn't touch me because if I left my foot out or if I left my hand dangling, it would like poke me hard in the foot. Or like if I left the little like fleshy part of my hip exposed, like lying on my side, it would like, I would feel someone touching me there. It would touch me all the time. And to feel... That's, it's It sounds a lot less scary than it actually is. To feel like a disembodied touch is terrifying. Like your sleep, especially waking you up out of sleep, you're, you're sleeping and someone pokes you and you turn over and your boyfriend is fast asleep and the poke came from the other side and you're like, did I imagine that? Did I imagine that? But then you, if you feel them when you're awake too, so you're like, I didn't imagine that. If I had like my blanket over me, it couldn't seem to like poke me. But then I would feel like a hand across my cheek or I would feel someone breathing in my ear. Sometimes I would hear inaudible whispers. And something bit me one day. It was daytime and we were actually getting ready to go out for breakfast and I was changing and all of a sudden I felt like a bee sting, like on my lower back. And if that's what it felt like, a bee bit me. And I looked and it looked like a bite, like an actual bite, like a dog bite or something. And we didn't have a dog. We didn't have a cat at the time. We have a cat now, but we had no animals in our house. And I showed it to Cameron. He's like, that's the bite. That happened to me in the day. Like, that happened to me in the light of day when we were getting ready to go out for breakfast. But most of the stuff was still generally happening at night. And the weird sort of side plot to this is that I was alone because Cameron, I couldn't wake him up for anything. He was, like, dead to the world. I, I really think that this thing put him under, like, a trance where he did he couldn't wake up. Like, I would shake him and be like, something just touched me, and he wouldn't wake up. And then in the morning, he would tell me he had horrible, horrible, gruesome, gruesome dreams. And I would always push him. I would say, can you please tell me what you dreamt of? Because I was having horrible dreams, and he wouldn't tell me. He was like, no, 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 I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I think I told you in my initial story that the dreams were so bad that I would never feel comfortable telling somebody else. They were so disgusting and ungodly and violent and gruesome. And I remember them all. I remember them all. I'll, I'll be haunted by them for the rest of my life. They were horrible, awful dreams. Cameron says the same thing. But um, there was one dream and it was the worst but it wasn't so gruesome. It was just the worst because it was horrible and awful. And um, I'll tell you that one. It was a very realistic portrayal of my little brother's death. 
it went into such fine detail. Like I had to tell my mom he died and my mom was screaming on the phone and we had to sit Shiva. And I'm like, even in my dreams, we're like covering the mirrors and getting ready for the funeral. It was the most realistic dream I've ever had in my life. And it was of my baby brother's death. And the only reason I knew it wasn't a dream when it was over is because this thing growled and said I could kill him if I wanted to. And that that dream, like I was, I was in a stupor for days after that dream. I was so unsure of what was real and what was a dream. I was like questioning everything. It really changed my life, that dream. Um, I, I didn't realize you could have a dream like that. I've never had one since, and I hope to God I never have one again because it was extremely disorienting. What actually shook me about your emails when you said your dreams were ungodly. What other types of dreams were you having? Um, the other ones, they definitely, I definitely knew that they were dreams, but they were horrible. They were awful stuff, violent stuff, like the worst of the worst things in life that you can think of. That's what I was dreaming of. Like what kind of, I know you said you don't want to Honestly, I wouldn't be comfortable I wouldn't be comfortable talking about it. Um, I still, one dream I had, I've never told anybody about this and I still don't know if it's like real. Like a part of me thinks that this dream that I had was something that really happened and I was like psychically seeing it. I hope to God it's nothing that actually happened, but it was someone doing something that at the time I didn't know what it was. And then I saw a, a movie that came out in 2016. It was a horror movie. And the person in it did the same thing, made the same thing. And I researched it and I was like horrified. I was like, okay, that's what the person in my dream did. It's like a historical thing people did. I, I didn't even know about this. I just want to jump in to say that Sarah was extremely reluctant to repeat what she saw in her dream. She seemed to be very, very repulsed by it and didn't want to share it with me. She tried giving me hints to get me to understand, but I was not understanding any of these hints. And I basically was talking her into telling me what she saw for a long time. Eventually, she agreed to tell me off the record um, to not include it in the podcast. But later on, she said it was okay for me to use this conversation. Um, what was, yeah, what but was the I, thing? I, what was the movie? Off the record? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know if you I can say You don't have to say it, but like, what, like what movie was it? How about that? Just like, have, have you seen, okay, okay. Have you seen the movie The Witch? I, why did I think it was The Witch? You know what she does in The Witch? What The Witch does and what she makes? I saw someone making that in my dream. Do you remember the movie? What is she? I don't want to. I remember being really bad. It, it's really bad. It's really, it's the worst thing you can think of possible. And now being a mom, it's like, I can't even, I can't even, cons I like, it's like there's a block in my brain or something where it's like too hard to even think about that. If you don't want to say it, I don't want it. But I didn't know that this was a historical thing. 
when I, I remember seeing that movie in theater and I, my heart was fucking pounding out of my chest, like when I saw that part. And then when I saw that it was actually a thing that like witches were accused of doing, I, like a part of me, like heart, like sunk and died inside. Like, how did I, how did my brain know this? To like, give me this dream. I, I didn't know this existed. Okay, I know we're being kind of vague here, and that's sort of on purpose, and I edited some stuff out. What Sarah saw taking place in her dream was a person obtaining and creating a particular ingredient from what's called flying ointment. This ointment is what people believed witches used to give themselves the ability to fly, either literally or psychoactively in trance. One of these ingredients of the ointment was the fat of an unbaptized human child. That's what Sarah saw in her dreams, and that's why she didn't want to repeat it. And I don't really want to go too much deeper into it either uh, for the same reasons. I didn't know about this, but I looked it up, and there were indeed books referencing this going back all the way to 1200 AD and maybe even earlier. Whether anyone actually made such a thing, that's a completely different conversation. But the point I want to make with this is that I didn't know what this was. Sarah definitely didn't know what this was. I had even seen the movie that she's talking about multiple times, and I didn't know that's what was happening in the movie. The shot she's talking about is just a couple seconds long. What struck me is that it's such a deeply horrifying and specific thing to be shown in a dream. To see it not knowing what it was before finding out that it's actually something that was described in books, it seems just so horrifying and specific. Like the mind of a normal person would not produce that on its own in a dream state. It's like something terrifying enough that I'm not even really comfortable repeating it in more detail here. That's why I'm being vague. And yeah, it was just jarring to me when she told me that this was the type of stuff she was seeing in vivid detail. I was very surprised. Oh my God, I'm like... But that's the kind of stuff, that's the kind of stuff, gruesome, totally gruesome. I have pushed Cameron to like tell me his dreams because I think a part of me like wanted, wanted to tell him. But at the same time, like I love him. And it was so hard for me to process these dreams that it didn't feel fair to share it with him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I wish that I didn't know about them. Yeah, I'm like understanding it and I'm kind of getting freaked out. I mean, I think what's what's crazy about this is that like you're dreaming about horrors beyond comprehension, but not even like comprehension, like, like things that you couldn't even think up. Like... Like mm-hmm. if I were to challenge mm-hmm. a normal person to say like, imagine the most horrible thing. Like it's yeah. it's more yeah. horrible than that. It's like something mm-hmm. that a horrible person would be able to think up after living a life of being horrible, maybe even beyond that. It's like worse than bad. Yeah, it's ungodly. So imagine the next day waking up from a dream like that and you have to just go to work and live your life and deal with your fucking haunted house when you get home. It, You know, it's... It's kind of amazing. Um, I don't think I mentioned this in our story, but it's kind of me. Like I never, I didn't miss one day of work. I, I, um, 
Like I kept on keeping on. We both did. And thinking about that now is like kind of amazing that we just kept kept going after all this stuff was happening. Dude. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And then you then then the the then you're dealing with all this stuff and you think like, I can't go on, like somebody help me and you're so scared and all this. And then you have the insult of people being like, you're making it up. I don't believe you, you know? And you're like, you think you can hurt me? Like you have no idea what I'm going through. You think I give a shit that you don't believe me? Cause we got a lot of that, you know? For, uh, people were wondering, like, what's going on with you? Why haven't you been coming around? Like, why didn't you come to my birthday party or whatever? And you maybe naively try to share a little bit. And you're like, oh, people are like, oh, come on. It was so rare that anyone thought that we weren't making it up. This is far worse than anything I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if no, it's, it's okay. traumatizing to you in some way. It was. It sure as hell was traumatizing to us. Should we keep going with the story? Sure, sure. Okay, so the next day after that dream, I, my dad and I worked together and I said, Dad, I need to meet you before work. And I told him everything that happened and not everything that happened with the haunting, but with the dream. And he was like, okay, you know, this thing, it's, it's making threats now. Like I have to get actively involved and I have to help you. I kept telling them all the stuff that was happening and my mom was very like, oh, Sarah, I think you could be like getting yourself scared. I think that you might be exaggerating. She's a really cool woman. She's very no-nonsense. She's from the prairies. She's Catholic. She was raised in a big family and she's like very, very positive. So she just kept saying, oh, it's fine and it'll be fine. And then when she came into my house and was like, okay, yep, this is different. There's definitely something here. And my dad immediately and totally believed us and not only believed us, but was like, okay, I have to help you. This is something that's violent. This is something that's threatening. This is something we need to take care of before... um, before it gets worse. He finds someone through one of his friends. She's like a general spiritualist, just what I would call her, but she specifically offers a service called a house cleansing, okay? Let's get the house cleansing. Our house is very dirty, let's clean it up. Um, I sent her an email. I told her everything that was happening with us, like just like I did with you, and... um, I got an email back from her and I remember it so clearly. It was Halloween day and I was sitting looking at the giant windows into our backyard and um, it was a beautiful day. And I sat there and I was crying because I read her email in response and her email in response was not only can I not help you, but basically fuck off. This is way beyond my capabilities. I want nothing to do with this. I don't even want you contacting me. Goodbye. Um, So I think the emotion was like why I was crying, why I was so upset was that it was starting to feel really hopeless. Like, okay, maybe I'm just going to be poked and breathed on and hair pulled and horrible dreams for the rest of my life. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, it would it was starting to feel like maybe there wasn't an escape. You know, we didn't talk, I didn't talk about this in my original email, but at this point too, like I was starting to be different and look different. Like these are these are things that aren't my memories because I don't have recollection of this. I'm not looking at myself, you know, other people are. So I'm relaying their stories. But I do know that one thing I would do is I would sit on the couch and look out the window and stare for like hours on end. It was like I was in a trance. I couldn't get out of it. And it would feel like 30 seconds had gone by, but like three hours had gone by. And there was one incident where I was doing that and Cameron, Cameron came up to me and said, what are you doing, babe? And I said, I'm looking out the windows, watching the leaves fall from the tree. And he went like, it was a kind of tender, sweet moment. And he thought it was cute. And he went in to try to give me a kiss and I whirled around and I said, don't fucking touch me. And he said, I said it in a really weird voice a really authoritative, stern voice. Um, And then there was another incident. At this point, we were spending a ton of time at my parents' house, as you would imagine, because we were scared. (laughs) And they have a a fireplace, like a wood fireplace, and I stuck the fire poker in the fire, and I took it out. And I said, I could kill you with this. I don't even remember saying that. My dad told me that I didn't said that and it really freaked him out. He was like, you were very belligerent and you were threatening to kill your boyfriend. My family told me that around this time, my face would start to look different. I, I talked to my dad about this today and he was like, no, we weren't out for coffee. We were out for Japanese food. He took me for sushi for lunch, I guess. And in the middle of lunch, he goes, I don't want to scare you. Should I bring this up? And I was like, what? Dad, just tell me. And he was like, your face is starting to look different. Like your 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 eyes are all weird and your mouth is in a different shape than it normally is. Your face is looking all contorted. He was like, it was just flashes of like this weird expression on your face that was an expression that I've never seen before. That that scared me when he told me that, to be honest. And I think, you know, when you see your child and they look like someone else, that's probably really scary. And that you know he before he was trying to help us with this woman but that's when he was like fuck it we're going full force he he found this spiritualist through um a couple of his friends and we ended up just going to um their house for dinner so they could talk to me this one friend of his fancied herself some sort of like a medium whatever you want to call it and we have this nice dinner she talked a lot about these curses in Iran and how her family was cursed and her family was uh, dealing with these demons. And then she just abruptly says, okay, we need to talk about you now. She was like, from the moment you stepped in to our place, she said, I saw you had this like black mass attached to your back. And she was like, every time we would talk about it or mention it, 
it would like whip its head out of this like stodgy pool on your back to like listen very attentively to everything that was being said about it. She told me that it was very aggressive. It was very possessive. It was very um, antagonistic. She said, you have to be really careful. You have to get rid of it because she said what it wants is you and it wants to be with you. And the way of it's 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 way of showing you love and being with you is to like fully encapsulate like your soul like to take it away and it's inside of you and you're gone forever your family will never know your boyfriend boyfriend at the time will never know no one in your life will ever know the difference it you know i think she even said like it will slowly learn over time how to mimic your persona how to mimic your way of speech, how to um, basically fool everyone in your life to believing that this is you. And it will be you for all intents and purposes. It just won't be like your essence, your soul, like that part will be gone. It was almost like a part of me knew that that was true. But she she wasn't saying there was anything I could do, she could do to help. She was just saying, listen, it's serious, please take it seriously. And she very strongly felt that it was um, indigenous. It was um, something that needed, um, it, it didn't need an atten- attention from a rabbi or a priest. It needed like a medicine man. And she, the only other information she offered was that her friend who was supposed to come cleanse our house phoned her totally flipped out about our situation and was very violently sick. So great. <laughs> she she told us all of this and then said, good luck. I hope you deal with it because it's really serious. All right, we have to go to a quick break, but we'll be right back with the rest of the story. Folks, springtime is here and it might be time to clean out the closet and finally update your wardrobe. Quince has you covered with timeless pieces that never got a style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the essentials for men and women and everything is made from high quality materials, which is very important to me. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes savings on to us. And like I mentioned, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. I recently went on a little shopping spree myself. I got a chore jacket, a Mongolian cashmere cardigan, and a quilted jacket. Basically stuff that I could just throw on top of the normal old t-shirts that I wear every day to make myself look a lot more presentable and fashionable when I need to. I also got some new sheets for our bed. They have so many to choose from. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash otherworld for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash otherworld to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash otherworld. Hi, this is Amy Poehler here to tell you about a new improvised show from Paper Kite Podcasts. The team that brought you Say More with Dr. Sheila. Check out our new parody podcast, Women Talking About Murder. It's a show about women talking 
about murder. Every episode features special guests, twists, turns, and the mystery of a missing co-host. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to be really bad at keeping track of my finances. A very stupid part of me believed that if I just don't look at my bank accounts and my credit card statements, the money will all still be there, even if I spent it on stupid stuff that month. Well, that's not how it works. I learned the hard way. It's quite the opposite. Usually, when I finally did look, I'd notice that there was some subscription I'd been paying for that I forgot to cancel or I got overcharged for something and it's too late to fix. But now I use Rocket Money to keep track of all of that for me so I don't have to worry. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you could grow your savings. Rocket Money finds all of your bills and subscriptions for you, lays them out, and gives you the option to cancel them automatically or it can negotiate a lower price for you. I recently tested this out on my internet bill and they were able to negotiate a lower price for me. I saved like $300 doing this. If you're like me and you get scared checking your accounts, Rocket Money might be your savior. It's nice having everything in one place and under control. I promise you're gonna be very happy once you finally do it. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com otherworld. We were going to the Caribbean the next day. And I had like all this resistance to go. You know, I'm a type A person. Normally I would have been packing for two weeks prior. I like threw stuff in a bag. I didn't even care. And when we got to the airport, I kept telling my parents and telling Cameron that I didn't want to go. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, you should want to go. This, this is a break. You're getting away from all of this. What are you talking about? You don't want to leave. And then we're about to take off. And I don't remember this part at all, but my mom said, I looked at her and I was like, I'm not leaving and tried to unbuckle my seatbelt. But we left and we got there and it was like slowly, like the bits and pieces started to come back. And I was feeling like myself again on this trip. But there was like a monkey on our back. You know, we knew what we were going back to, but we had a break and like this impending sense of doom that when we got back to Toronto, we would have to deal with it. And my dad uh, hooked up with like an old childhood friend on the trip and he had become kind of a religious guy. And he was like, what you really have to do is get those mezuzahs on every door frame." And we did that when immediately, as soon as we got home, we found the holiest man in the city of Toronto. He was like this old, decrepit man. He must have been 90 years old. We went to go visit him and he hand wrote every single tiny Torah scroll for our house. Probably like, I don't know, 20 of them, 30 of them for every door frame. And we put them up. And it maybe seemed for a couple days like it helped. And we told my dad's friend, you know, he's such a nice guy. We said, thank you so much. It was helpful, but I don't think it did anything except piss it off. Thousands of dollars on these. And when I say it pissed it off, I don't, people think it's like, oh, religion, I'm burning. I don't think that's what it was. I think it was just pissed that it knew that we were doing stuff to try to get rid of it. It didn't, it didn't like that we didn't like it. It was insulted. It, it, and, it, and it was like, screw you. No one's kicking me out. 
So things were really bad again. And it was just as bad as ever. And at this point, Cameron and I are fighting like cats and dogs. We would literally wake up in the middle of the night screaming at each other for nothing. We we hated each other. Like we honestly just like resented each other for being alive. We, <laughs> the only thing I can compare it to is when you have a newborn. We were also like this. When you have a newborn and you're on zero sleep and like you feel that the other one should be doing more and you like hate each other. Um, it was like that. But, uh, you know, it, it it's kind of... I think part of the agenda here, it wanted to tear us apart. It didn't want us to have any kind of unity. And there was like even jealousy on Cameron's part. He would say things like, why don't you go live with your friend? I'm leaving forever. And I would say, no, I'm leaving. And we would call each other horrible names and scream. And it was, it was really toxic between him and I like really really toxic we start to think okay you know what do people do in the movies at this point they get a priest right they, they get like full-on exorcism and my mom is grew up catholic so she 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 really knows uh catholicism in and out but she converted to judaism and she's not um like a practicing catholic she's like where am I gonna find a priest um and I came home to the priest conversation that Cameron and my mom were having on a day where it became extremely clear to me that this thing would and could follow me whenever it wanted to. Um, I had an incident at my office where I was working. It wasn't even late. It was like 4.30, maybe 5. And the door, um, the back door kept opening and shut, opening and shut, opening and shut. Like maybe the wind, but it was really opening and shutting very rhythmically. And then same with the exit sign. The exit sign started flicker and then the lights go out in the whole room. And I immediately knew it was there with me. Not only was it doing this stuff, but I could feel it. And it was like to say to me, like, even when you're not home, I can still follow you. I run back to my car. It's storming outside and I'm trying to drive home and leaves are like flying up and like trying to like block my windshield. At one point I have to actually take my hand and like reach onto my windshield to grab leaves. I can feel that it's like sitting beside me and looking at me. Like I even remember thinking of like the music I was playing in my car. I'm like, it's listening to the music right now. Like it's me and me and this thing are sitting here together. It's watching everything I do. And I came home and Cameron and my mom are talking about getting a priest and like what that would look like and who they would ask. Um, and my mom thought, you know, my, my grandmother, her mother was very religious and she had a relationship with her priest and uh, maybe we could get him. And they said, in the meantime, you know, my mom had this holy water. My housekeeper had given her, she's Catholic. And my mom was like, let's go room by room and we're going to say the rosary and we're going to sprinkle the holy water. And it really, 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 really did not like that. It hated that because that night, <sighs> that night I felt it. I, I said sitting on top of me in the email, but what I really felt is that it was like holding down my arms so that I couldn't move. 
I've had sleep paralysis before. That's that's not what this feels like. Sleep paralysis, you like move, you can eventually move a pinky and you snap yourself out of it. This, I could physically feel that someone was holding me down and I couldn't move. And it was like, it was saying to me, you think you're going to get rid of me. I have like ultimate control over you. And after that is when the sleepwalking started. I call it sleepwalking, but I'm not sure what it was. I would feel my hair being pulled and I'd wake up in a different room and not even know how I got there. And I would wake up in the room where it lived. Like it was like I was trying to avoid it at all costs and it was like pulling me in there. Like you're going to go in here. I don't know what it wanted to do in me, do to me in there, but like it wanted me in that room. Sometimes I'd be sleeping and feel it poking my foot. And then all of a sudden I would, it was like, it was like poking me and like jumping me to like my bathroom. I don't remember walking to my bathroom, but all of a sudden I was like in my bathroom. And apparently Cameron would wake up and find me standing, staring out the window, fully asleep. Like we have no idea how long I would have been here, but I was just standing there looking out the window. Uh, I think that really freaked Cameron out like scared him very badly. I think it would scare anyone, but I think that if you had to ask him the scariest part, I think that would be it for him. (laughs) You wake up and your girlfriend is asleep, not, not answering you and staring out the window. It's really creepy. That kind of brings me to the last night. I call it the last night, the scariest night, whatever. You know, all the things were happening. I heard the traditional footsteps up the stairs, saw the lights turning on in the hallway, felt something breathing down my neck, hair being pulled, all of that. For some reason, I don't remember now, but it really pissed me off. I could hear the tap opening in our guest washroom and closing. And for some reason, that was just like the final straw. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And it wasn't even, I'm so scared. It was like, I cannot do this as a human being anymore. I'm done. I'm done with this thing. And I was making a plan in my head. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to tell Cameron I'm leaving him. I'm going to go to my parents' house and never think about this fucking house again. And I don't care if I lose every last cent I have. I'm I'm not doing it. I was like planning what I was going to pack. We're thinking about where my suitcase was. And in that moment is when something appeared in my doorway. This man appears in my doorway. He's really big, huge, look wide, tall. He has no face. He's translucent and he's wearing a suit and the arms and the legs of the suit are like pooling in an animated way. Like they're pooling like a river onto the floor. And I'm terrified. Like, this is the first time I've seen something. And I'm, I'm shocked. I can't move. I can't talk. I'm just looking at it. This was not a dream. I was fully awake, fully conscious. And out of nowhere, the thought didn't come into my head. I didn't think about it before I said it. It was like someone else's voice was coming from my body. And I said out loud, what is in my house? I, I don't want to say it spoke because it didn't have a mouth. It didn't even have a face. But I heard another voice 
I don't know if it was its voice, but I heard another voice say back many things. And then the voice laughed. And then I screamed and I screamed at the top of my lungs. I'm sure my neighbors heard it. I screamed like a dying animal screams. Cameron, you know, he's dead to the world usually. Well, that woke him up. He was awake. He is so scared by the scream. He immediately starts crying and screaming himself. It was terrible. You know, usually on the show, we're hearing about a specific moment that happened to a person. The story is so different to me. There are many moments and events, and they happened to different people. So it's really a story about this house or the land itself. Part of the reason this story took a year to make is that I wanted to talk to as many people that were involved that I possibly could. Additionally, I wanted to try as much as I could to learn about this house and tie up some loose ends, which turned out to be very difficult. Next week, we're going to be hearing from some other people who experienced things in the house, their perspectives, and we'll be hearing about the events that led up to the night that this entire story is kind of about. Like I said, we have bonus episodes on Patreon. I think this week's a good one to listen to if you want to decompress. It's much more lighthearted. I did that on purpose for anybody who needs it. And it also features a little cameo from Wendy from the Ball of Light series. Apparently, Sarah got a reading from her earlier this year without me knowing. Um, And of course, Wendy has no idea who she is. She sent me the file from that reading, and I finally listened to it. It was pretty interesting. So I have Sarah on to discuss that and just chat about her experience being on the show. She's actually about to give birth to her second child. She's just days away. So I definitely appreciate her taking time to do that episode. If you want to hear it, you can sign up at patreon.com slash otherworld. This has been episode 55, Many Things Part 2, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Coberman. The music for this episode is by Juice Jackal, and Treyer Tryon de la Torre. This was edited by Theo Krantz and engineered by Theo Schaefer. Our artwork is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. Production help by Nikki Kate Delgado and Haley Pearson. Please show us your support, especially with this series. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe and please leave a five-star review. If you want to hear bonus episodes of Otherworld, we're going to be doing a few specific to this series on Patreon. You could sign up at patreon.com slash otherworld. We definitely have more than enough stuff related to this story, and some of it's going to end up on Patreon. Our social media is at OtherworldPod. That's our handle on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you to the team at Odyssey, J.D. Crowley, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Leah Reese-Dennis, Rob Morandi, Eric Donnelly, Matt Casey, Casey Clauser, Maura Curran, Josephina Francis, and Hilary Schuff. Follow and listen to Otherworld Now for free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you can send us your story at stories at otherworldpod.com. Stay tuned because we'll be back with part two very soon.